Coming up, goats, cloaks, and William and the amazing Technicolor waxy buildup. Plus, Satan in the news, ask the goat, and more. Eat your calendars, everybody. It's a brand new year on Kiss the Goat. Welcome, everyone, to episode 14, the first episode of the new Gregorian calendar year. A bright and shiny new world. The year is one! The year is one! God is dead! The year is one! The year is one! I want you to pray that he comes and saves you. According to the Chinese calendar, 2015 is the year of the goat. So we're going to take that as a good omen that the universe is on our side, and this is going to be a fantastic year for us and all of our listeners. I'll tell you what, folks. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be here with you. Glad to be talking about the things that we love, most of which concern pure evil, which is a bit of a paradox, but such is the human condition. Indeed. And there are times when choices are unclear or the correct path is obscured. There are times when logic no longer dictates anything and things just stop making sense. There are times when your eyes are replaced with giant black voids or you have a decorative bucket filled with tiny people trapped in a rainstorm. (laughs) And there are times you need a magical book. And the only way to get it is to turn into a goat and fight with William Shatner. Now, these may seem like just normal daily activities for most of us, but they play an important part in tonight's film. That's right. Tonight, we're going back to 1975 to talk about some hot nonsense with a great title, The Devil's Reign. Get your rubbers on. We're about to get wet. Back in just a bit. tired of the same old stuff Hollywood puts out week after week? You know, all those less than appealing remakes? Those films with over-the-top CG and no storyline? Well, we don't have to take it anymore thanks to the 2015 B-Movie Celebration. Polyscope Media presents the 9th Annual B-Movie Celebration. In 2015, we're going to go back in time, back to 1985 to be exact. The 9th Annual B-Movie Celebration will feature the following films from this time period. Fright Night. Malibu Express. 
The Last Dragon. Invasion USA. Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. Return of the Living Dead. Trencers. Reanimator. Morons from Space. The Stuff. Life Force. DEFCON 4. Damnation Alley. Better Off Dead. Godzilla 1985. Along with those 80s classics, we're going to showcase The Blob from 1958 and Death Race 2000 from 1975. So pack those bags, recharge that flux capacitor, and join us for the 9th Annual B-Movie Celebration on August 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2015 at the Brown County Playhouse in Nashville, Indiana. For updated information on this event, bookmark the bmoviecelebration.com website using your favorite browser, and we promise to have you home back in time. Titles mentioned in this promo are subject to change without notice. The Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts podcast is an official sponsor of the 9th Annual B-Movie Celebration. Looking for something different in your podcast library? Then why not check out the podcast Under the Stairs? I'm the host Duncan McLeish and joining me each week will be a special guest as we examine some classic old school horror favourites as well as some modern classics. That's not to say that we don't tackle some of the, let's say, more questionable entries into the horror genre. And if all that wasn't enough, we have a subset of shows called Baz V Horror, where our horror novice, The Baz, tackles horror in all shapes and forms to see who will come out victorious. So what are you waiting for? The show can be found at podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com and on Stitcher and iTunes. The Podcast Under the Stairs is a proud member of Legion Podcast Network. This is Duncan McLeish from Under the Stairs, signing off. So, last year happened, and it's over now, and I'll give a big hell Satan for that. Oh, shit. But we've still got some loose ends to tie up from 2014, because right there at the end of the year, things got weird. It's time for your holiday display wrap-up on Satan in the News. before Christmas, and all through the state house, not a creature was stirring, except for a 54-year-old woman named Susan Hemmerich. She had seen just about enough of the holiday display put up by the Satanic Temple, and that's all she could stand. She couldn't stand no more. <laughs> Wearing a stylish black t-shirt that read Catholic Warrior, Hemmerich informed two of the police officers that she was very sorry that she had to take down the satanic display because it was not right. The police told her that it was also not legal. Regardless, Hemmerich tried to remove the display. Now, the police officers told her to put it back, but Hemmerich said she couldn't take it anymore and began tearing the display apart. That's the kind of shit that will get you arrested in Florida, whether you're a Catholic warrior or not. Hemmerich faces a charge of criminal mischief and has been released under her own Catholic recognizance. We go now from Florida to Ohio, where Sycamore Township resident Jason Dixon is in trouble with township administration for his refusal to take down his zombie nativity. Oh. 
This crush from the crypt does take up more than 35% of Dixon's yard, to be fair, and that is against township rules. But here's the secondary issue. This shit's awesome. There's a pointy-toothed zombie demon baby in the manger. The baby's also holding a severed head. Zombie Joseph stands behind the manger holding a heart while Silent Night plays in the background. This nativity is metal as hell. There's a zombie wearing a chainmail headpiece and holding a silver skull, and the canopy the display is under is graced with a lighted upside-down tinsel pentagram. Awesome. Well, Dixon was supposed to take the scene down the day after Christmas to avoid further fines and notices. It's still up. Dixon sees it as a First Amendment issue, and he has the right to decorate his own yard the way he sees fit. However, with those violations coming in at a rate of $250 per day, the real victim may be Jason Dixon's checking account. Well, he fights the good fight for us all, as far as I'm concerned. And that's it for 2014. Some media outlets actually referred to it as the year of Satan, but I tend to think of it as the year of people wanting to stop other people from having fun. So I certainly hope that folks take some time to pull the sticks out of their asses and adopt more of a live-and-let-live attitude this year. That's also it for this edition of Satan in the News. Time to take a piss, and when we come back, we'll take the piss out of the devil's reign. Maybe piss is the devil's reign. You know, that's what my old youth minister said, and semen was Satan's snowdrift. Your youth minister had a strange sense of humor. He had a degree, a clown costume, and a crawl space under the front porch, so he had something to fall back on, you know? On that note, break? Yeah, break. You know what to do. Hey, Cherish, it's 8 o'clock. Is it time to get the show on the screen or what? Do you enjoy watching films with friends? Do you like to consume vats of alcohol? It's the 40s and some bitches, babe, yeah! Me? I like beer. If you like all that and none of those artsy-fartsy films... Does this mean we don't get to go to the Fellini Festival? Fuck the Fellini Festival! Then watch and listen to Two Drink Minimum Commentaries. Every Wednesday, myself and a rotating panel of the filthiest podcasters I can muster up give you our comments, observations, and sometimes we might actually talk about the film as we class up some of your favorite films the only way we know how. As raunchy as we can. <laughs> What's this movie, PG? Oh, yeah. This podcast sure is fucking. Not only do you get the audio, but the video that goes with it. Just listen to the shit that comes out of these filthy pirates. <laughs> you don't need to get an erection when your cock's full of rigor mortis. <laughs> fucking curb stomp a baby for a bacon. <laughs> I think the moral of the story is don't let Corky run Cerebro. Unforgivable. If you could stand all that... Come and get your fill and your fix of Two Drink Minimum Commentaries. All the cool kids are doing it. Two Drink Minimum Commentaries is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. There have been films about earthquakes, airplane disasters, and blazing infernos. But there has never been anything like The Devil's Reign. That wasn't your father. What's his face? Mother? Mother! Come on, Damn you! They had no faces. The Devil's Reign. The 300-year search for the power to damn mankind is over. And the towering terror of the devil on Earth is now unleashed. Burn! 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 Burn!
hundreds of souls held captive in an eternity of hell. Seize him! Possessed by the devil. You, my son, have defiled all that is holy. Mother, my God, my God! They become his worshippers and his demons. Rain, starring Academy Award winner Ernest Borgnine, Eddie Albert, William Shatner, Keenan Wynn, and Ida Lupino as Mrs. Preston, and with the special participation of Anton LaVey, High Priest of the Church of Satan. The Devil's Reign. Conceived by the producer of A Man Called Horse. Created by the masters of magic of Planet of the Apes. Together, they bring you a melting hell on Earth. And absolutely the most incredible, unforgettable ending of any motion picture ever. Heaven help us all when the devils reign. Welcome back to Kiss the Goat. And... You were just subjected to the trailer for tonight's movie, The Devil's Reign. Now, this movie gets a lot of talk. Simply because it's a lurid little flick. It's got a what-the-fuck title. It's got the promise of Borgnine versus Shatner. And the thing everyone loves to bring up is it's the first film appearance of John Travolta. And he's not in it for long, and it's not a particularly auspicious debut. You know you're in trouble with a movie when the tagline doesn't even make sense. Heaven help us all when the devils reign. In this sentence, the word devils has an apostrophe in it, making it a possessive. So this reign belongs to the devil, but it certainly doesn't make it a complete sentence. Heaven help us all when the devil's reign does what? <laughs> I mean, you could take the apostrophe out of the sentence and it still wouldn't help because that would change the sentence description to being devils reigning from the sky. And that's not what this movie is about. See, when there's that much trouble with the tagline, you can expect that there's some problem with the script, too. What is this movie about? I mean, a lot of things happen. Well, some things happen. Things happen in this movie. I mean, there are, there are events. But <laughs> fuck all if I understand much of it. It's like they're... It's like there are two different scripts, and they're each missing about 30 or so random pages, and then somebody just shuffled them all together like a deck of cards, and they said, <laughs> let's film it this way. It's all janky and flashbacky and continuity be damned. Mm-hmm. Well, the movie starts with rain in the desert, which I suppose does happen, although maybe that means I don't understand deserts. Anyway, William Shatner is home with his mother, and... Someone who appears to be a cowboy priest. Do they even make those? Make make what? Cowboy priests. Well, I guess anybody can be a priest of some sort if they're so inclined. All right, that's a fair cop. 
Shatner's father hasn't come home yet. Everyone's quite worried, especially with arroyos getting flooded in the desert rain and such. What the hell is an arroyo? Oh no, some desert thing. It's like some, <laughs> it's like some kind of trench or a gully. Hell, I don't know. Maybe it's a dog, like a coyote. I don't know. <laughs> you can't flood a dog. Oh, you can with the right equipment. You can. That's oh, gross. A garden hose, the right size nozzle. I reckon you can make anything your own little sprinkler. I have so many responses to that. I can't even begin to pick one. When Shatner's father finally makes it home, there's a problem. He doesn't have any eyes. It's just pure black holes where his eyes should be. And he reveals that someone named Corvus really wants the book. Now this is a familiar plot point for dead movies. And I'm sure you've seen this before. The powerful book, the ancient tome filled with magic and unspeakable horror. Shatner goes outside to do something. What is he? I don't even remember. What the fuck is he doing? Uh, I think he goes outside to get his cowboy hat. Which is hilarious, because Shatner looks ridiculous in a cowboy hat at any time. And it's not that he looks stupid, it just becomes obvious that he's Canadian. He wears it like he's apologizing for it. It's just, he's just stiff. <laughs> it's like he wants his shoulders to be totally square with something that is essentially round and on his head. It's just weird. It is, it's a really strange thing to look at. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, when he comes back, his mother is missing, uh, the cowboy priest is strung up by his ankles, and his father has melted into a pile of multicolored thick goo, which I guess that's that's not highly embarrassing. Gross, but I mean, it's not like he died trying to have sex with four women in the center ring of one of those depressing circuses, you know, surrounded by poor kids, all watching and booing, eating popcorn and spending too much money on those spinning light toys. And then when the sad clown walks circles around them, playing a sad saxophone and occasionally squirting them with room temperature water from the fake flower on his lapel. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a feeling the chat in the hat knows a lot about that just in real life, but... You know, melting is far less embarrassing for, as far as I'm concerned because it can't even be explained. I mean, that whole circus thing, somebody would still be asking, well, how, how did this happen? Uh, tell me how we got to this point. But melting? It's just like, shit, dude. I mean, there are outside forces here that don't need to be messed with. Right? <laughs> well, the next day, Shatner and his awkward hat um, roll out to a ghost town to bargain for his mother's life. He's got the big magic book, and he's going to meet his arch enemy. In fact, the enemy of his entire family, Ernest Borg Nine. It's a bit anticlimactic. I mean, you drive all the way out there, and it's just Cabby from Escape from New York. <laughs> well, he's not so good-natured as Cabby in this movie. Uh, he is Jonathan Corvus, and he's a bad dude. He leads a group of serious Satan worshippers. You know, the hardcore ones that wear hooded cloaks in 100 degree heat in the desert when it's not raining. <laughs> this is where the movie gets all John Milton-y and Bergman-esque. And for about 10 minutes, that seemed like six hours, we get The Last Temptation of William Shatner. <laughs> That's right. Shatner pits his faith against Borgnines. If Shatner wins, he gets his mother back. And if Shatner loses, Ward 9 gets the book and Shatner's soul. It's a bit of a backloaded bet, but there it is. So Borg 9 and Shatner go into this church, and it's one of those burnt-out, 
unconsecrated churches that seem to litter the American Southwest in movies like this. And Borgnine starts going through this weird fucking dark liturgy, and he's summoning his dark forces... Well, meanwhile, Shatner is holding on to some gaudy, gigantic disco medallion and murmuring incorrect in the context scriptures while waiting for his time to pull out his gun and shoot Borgnine in his ugly demon face. And Borgnine calls him out on his shit. Let me go. Whose belief is greater now? Go! Seize him! Is that your faith? Ooh, sick burn. <laughs> yeah. And then Shatner does the next best thing to becoming a martyr. He runs. <laughs> he runs like hell. <laughs> I mean, he's dodging Satanists who are honestly a lot faster than one would think. I personally would be tripping over those long robes. It's like playing football in a dress. It's like Shatner playing. It's like if he was in Tecmo Bowl. He's just. <laughs> anyway, he gets tripped up. The Satanists grab him and they take him off. And that's fine because suddenly, out of nowhere, we are starting a whole new branch of the story. <laughs> right? Where are we now? I mean, who is this woman wearing only a paper gown? And why is the guy from Green Acres hanging out with Captain Dallas from Alien? <laughs> well, Green Acres is the place to be. But to be fair, um, Scarrett wouldn't be Captain Dallas for another four years after this. They would have known him from the MASH movie where he played one of the few characters who didn't get carried over to the TV show. So hooray for that. Um so it's a bit complicated. Scarrett is Shatner's brother, or something, and the lady in the paper gown is Scarrett's wife, and she's psychic, and Eddie Albert, the old guy from Green Acres, is a psychic researcher of some kind, but he he doesn't seem to be a real good one, but, you know, what do I, I, what do I know about that? He may be fantastic. Well, they find out that Shatner has gone missing, so they rush out to the old homestead to find him. Of course, the sheriff doesn't know anything, hasn't heard anything, is totally clueless. Certainly, you know he's a Satanist. All cops are Satanists. This is something <laughs> that we have learned. This movie, Race with the Devil, Satanist Cheerleaders, all these movies teach us that members of law enforcement are all murderous cult members. In case you were had doubt of that before. Well, it's at least in the 70s, right? Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, there are two different aspects of the story we've got to get into, and they're both pretty silly. I just don't know which one to hop onto first. Okay, let's um, let's let's start with the flashback. Okay, I can dig that. Right. It's some awkward exposition for sure. We told you Tom Scarrett's wife was psychic or something, right? I mean, mostly this entails closing your eyes and shaking your head, softly moaning "no, no," and then pretending to wake up and not remember much about what happened. So. It's like sex with my second husband. Sure. I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't quantify that, and I don't want to, but yeah, you get to own that one. That's cool. Um, All right. Well, Tom Skerritt is exploring the town with his wife. Not much of a town, really. There's the Preston House and a satanic church. More of a village than a town, I would say. Anyway, they go inside the church, which features some nice gothic southwestern architecture, including a goat head stained glass window. Classy. I'd put it in the bedroom. Hell yes. 
But in case there was any doubt about this being a satanic church, there's also a banner on the altar that says Reggae Satanus. Yep, that means Hail Satan. That banner. <laughs> the banner awesome. the banner looks like it, it's like it's Boy Scout Sunday at a, <laughs> at a Baptist church and they put up this shitty nylon sign telling the congregation what troop number is currently talking about badges and popcorn instead of properly interpreting New Testament prophecy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> suddenly. They're like, they're like the Lions Club of Satan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, well, <laughs> from the choir loft then comes a cloaked Satanist. It's like being attacked by a ninja with large feet. You know those little monsters from Phantasm? Nargles! Yeah, it looks like one of those. It's about six feet tall instead of <laughs> Jawa size. Well, the truth is even more terrifying because it's John Travolta. <laughs> oh, Timmy, why you do this to me? Travolta and Scarrett fight, and they make those scuffling noises that you would misinterpret for gay sex if you, you know, weren't actually watching them fight. So it's kind of hot, but only if you keep your eyes closed and pretend one of them is hung like a pulling horse and wearing assless chaps. Scarrett finally punches Travolta out, and that's when we discover that he has no eyes. Like all the other cultists, he's just got two black, empty holes in his face. So how the fuck... Is he hitting Tom Scarrett with any kind of accuracy? How, how is he walking without tripping over shit? I mean, it's not like we get to see these people using some kind of overdeveloped sensory perception. He's just got fucking holes in his face, and it doesn't matter because he'll still uppercut a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, and Scarrett's wife, who is sort of a carry light, um, <laughs> stares into the cold, dead, empty eyes of John Travolta, and if that's not a great band name, I don't know what is. Anyway, she begins <laughs> to see flames. Um, <clears throat> Sorry. That's alright. She, <sighs> she, she starts to see flames, right, and her head starts lolling back, and her eyes are rolling back in her head, and then she begins to have a flashback. Or maybe it's a hot flash, or a psychic vision. Maybe she's just making shit up. Hell, I don't know at this point. Anyway, we go back to... Okay, it's either Puritan times or Pioneer Days or the Burning Times. Like, I'm, I'm really not sure. Regardless, we see a bunch of people trying to have a decent dinner in their happy little log cabin, but they're all being yelled at by, that's right, Ernest Borgnine. He is still looking for the goddamn book. And it is literally a goddamned book because it contains the names of all the people who signed up with Satan. You know, paid the dues, brought in the permission slips, completed the summer reading program, those people. There's a guy at the table named Martin Fife, and holy shit, it's William Shatner. <laughs> now, Fife's wife is not at this meeting, and so Shatner, Martin Fife, tells Borgnine that it's because she's sick. She's not sick. Fife's wife is filled with strife. <laughs> she gave the book to the local preacher, and now comes the burning of the witches. However, Borgnine has given some little kid a bottle of holy water and some wax dolls. Now, why does a Satan worshiper have holy water? I don't know. I don't know, but Borgnine swears vengeance against Shatner's entire lineage. So, somewhere in the sands of time, Fife became Prescott, 
but we can't just write that into the script. That's too hard. So instead, we are led to believe that for hundreds of years, Borgnine and Shatner are reborn, reincarnated over and over again, looking exactly like they have since right before they were burned at the stake. Does no one take photos? I mean, is there no nosy aunt that was going through pictures sometime in the 1950s thinking, God damn, Uncle Todd and Great Uncle Amos look exactly alike, especially when they wear that fucking cowboy hat. Reincarnation is a mystery, my love, and so are generational curses. I'm afraid science will never catch up to religion in matters of the unexplainable logic and or common sense. You're right, X. Say, isn't it time for your scourging? Nope, already did it. But there were some places I couldn't reach, so I'm still ceremonially unclean. But I think the Lord's bloodlust is sated for right now. <laughs> well, for your sake, I hope so. So everybody burns. And no one knows where Shatner's wife hides the book. And the entire family just keeps coming back for more. They just keep getting reincarnated over and over again because they're, the, they're under the Borgnine curse until he gets the book back. And now, in present time, he has the book, right? I don't know. That's the thing. We'll talk about that in a minute because there is a book. Mm-hmm. The book is in this town somewhere. And where it is ends up being kind of ridiculous. But anyway, the important thing is no matter how many times you are reincarnated, it is still necessary to have eyeless followers because you can never just have enough. I agree. But what about the kid with the holy water and the wax figures? Okay, just give it a minute, because we're getting to that. Right. Because after that extended sexual fantasy that Scarrett's wife had, they go driving again. Let me reiterate. There is nowhere to go in this fucking town. You would have to go to another town to find something different. But they're not leaving they're just driving to be driving, and to make it obvious to all the Satanists precisely where they are. So they drive until they stop driving, <laughs> and Tom Scarrett then has the bright idea of sending his wife to a different town to get the sheriff while he goes back to the deserted Devilville with a shotgun. And that's a cool idea. So Scarrett's walking back to town with the shotgun. His sort of maybe psychic wife is driving. And that's all fine until one of the Satanists, in fact, it's William Shatner's Isla's mother, she Mm -hmm. pops up from the back seat, so Scarrett's wife promptly drives the car into a tree. Like you do. Why wouldn't you? (laughs) Now the sun is setting, and it's about time for a decent ritual around here, don't you think? I I would hope. (laughs) Well, here's an interesting note. All of the rituals in this movie were written and designed by the one and only Anton LaVey. In fact, he makes a guest appearance in the movie, but his face is covered with a mask, so you can't get a decent look at him. He has, like, one line in the movie. I think he says something like, it is ready. (laughs) Something like that. Well done. I don't know. It's something just really off the cuff. But how did anybody take LaVey seriously? I just can't figure it out. I mean... You're the high priest of the Church of Satan, okay? And you end up in shit like the Devil's Reign. <laughs> That's like being a world-famous doctor and deciding you should do commercials for OxyClean. You know? <laughs> I have the Nobel Peace Prize, but let me talk to you about Gugon. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, just he just lent his name to some of the weirdest, dumbest shit imaginable. I don't, I don't. It's a cult of personality. I just, I don't understand it. Anyway, yeah, me neither. Anyway, so Scarrett has a cloak. Don't know where he got it. He just does. <laughs> And he infiltrates the cult just in time to see Borgnine turn into the devil himself. Boom. Boom. It's it's great makeup, too. (laughs) Um, It's probably one of my favorite things about this movie, actually, is when Borgnine turns into the devil. But there's an explosion, and suddenly Borgnine has total goat head with horns and white hair and whiskers, the whole fucking thing. So pucker up, Buttercup. Meanwhile, Shatner is screaming and yelling, and the Satanists are dripping something called the water of forgetfulness on his <laughs> face. Which, of course, to me, the water of forgetfulness is tequila. Woohoo! So I don't know why he'd be bitching about anything. Um, but, yeah, so he's screaming. And mind you, his brother is out in the crowd watching this whole thing. Watching this entire ritual, and he does nothing. He does nothing to help his brother out at all. And remember, the entire reason they came out here was to find his brother. There he is. Oh, fuck you. Sorry. So even when Shatner sits up and has no eyes, Tom Skerritt doesn't do shit. In fact, Skerritt gets ratted out by fucking John Travolta, who runs up to him. I guess he's got a different color cloak and starts yelling blasphemer blasphemer so now scared i'm sorry it's revolted blasphemer blasphemer um, <laughs> so now scared has the entire coven after him you know i'm thinking if they had used tequila in the very beginning like when shatner first went into the church they just lined up shots they could have avoided this mess they could have worked that shit out so fast that would yeah, yeah right and be like, oh, fuck, dude, you this book? This is all you're after? That's cool. Ah, Shit. Take I, it. I got two of them. Ah. Fuck it. <laughs> Give me another shot. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, it's interesting to note that if you fight one of these cultists and you happen to pierce their skin, they don't bleed. They just kind of ooze some kind of thick, weird shit. So the next day, get this. The... The old dude, the psychic researcher guy, he has the book. <laughs> now, I thought at the beginning that Shatner had the book, and that's why he went out to meet Ernest Borgnine, was he was going to give him the book to get his family out from under the curse. I guess I was wrong because of that whole, uh, well, now I've captured you and you're, you know, gobble, gobble, one of us. Um <laughs> Where did the old dude get the book? Because it it just suddenly appears. And here's how he explains it. Because Tom Scarrett's like, where's this book? Where did you get this book? And the old guy goes, I got it from your mom. It was bequeathed to you. You've never seen it before. (laughs) Now, jump back a minute because Eddie Albert didn't meet Tom Scarrett's mom. Because when the movie begins, she turns into an eyeless cultist. And he doesn't show up until like 20 minutes later. So I don't understand anything that's going on with this fucking book. (laughs) Oh, and then after he's like, oh, you've never seen this before. Then he tells Tom Scarrett that Ernest Borgnine believes that he can separate souls from bodies. And of course, Borgnine has Scarrett's wife. 
And he's got her in some kind of foreplay ritual because he's talking creepy, sexy shit. Who denies pleasure, denies life. Who opens the portals of pleasure, opens the eye of eternity. So we may see the divine fire. No! But she she just can't get in the mood, apparently. I guess she's shy or something. I don't know. Well, this ritual is going on outside. I mean, it looks like the Satanists have their own amphitheater, kind of like Red Rocks, where they can just perform blood sacrifices if the weather's nice. Um, <laughs> but inside the bad church, Scarrett and Eddie Albert discover a giant glass vessel, and it's raining inside this jug. And they can see little people inside it screaming, trapped. <laughs> and this is the devil's reign. These are souls trapped by Borg 9 for 300 fucking years. So I guess what happens is you sell your soul to the devil and it goes inside this jug where it always rains. And the rain makes your soul unhappy so you yell about it for eternity. It's what I imagine it must be like to live in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> well, the dumbasses brought the book with him to the Satanic Church, and Borgnine finds it. He's overjoyed, but it shows us the inside of the book, and we see William Shatner's character's name in it. How did he sign it if Borgnine didn't have it? Because he just got turned into a Satanist last night, and if he had to sign off on that shit before, he should have had the book. This is sounding more and more like an insurance scam all the time. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, Borgnine says now that he's found the book, he can do something with all the people trapped inside the Devil's Reign. But Borgnine is the one who put all the souls inside the Devil's Reign. The old man, the researcher, keeps yelling that if Shatner destroys the Devil's Reign, he will achieve salvation and go to heaven. <laughs> Borgnine says you can't break the contract and salvation is only through him. <laughs> so... Look, the only <laughs> the only reason people went to see this movie was because they saw the trailers for it and saw a bunch of people running around in the rain with their skin melting off. This came out in 75. I was seven years old. Fuck, I wanted to see it. Why not? I'd buy that for yeah, a dollar. But if, if, if you want to know what the end of the movie is, it's that. Literally, it's that. <laughs> yep. Shatner breaks the devil's reign and it begins raining outside. All the cult members run outside and start melting. Now, Borgnine is a little pissed about this turn of events. He tries to kill Tom Skerritt, but he's too melty to get away with it. So we get about five minutes of people melting. And it's cool for about 90 seconds. After that, it's about as much fun as watching chicken fry. <laughs> watching Alka-Seltzer melt. Watching a pillar candle burn. Getting a Brazilian. You've never gotten a Brazilian. Well, that's true. But I know it involves melting. So I guess all these people just die. Well, there's Tom Skerritt's <laughs> useless wife. I mean, he picks her up and tries to carry her out of town, but it's not her. It's Ernest Borgnine using his black magic to look like her. And the final shot is of his wife trapped inside a brand new glass vessel filled with the devil's rain. What the fuck? There is a real kind of magic going on here. And that's the magic screenwriters use called pulling things out of my ass. 
See, when there's no real good way to end a film, you just pull something out of your ass. Don't explain it and expect your audiences to go along with it. For example, that second container of the Devil's Reign? Bullshit. Pure and simple. Pulled out of somebody's ass. Uh-huh. The survival of Borgnine. Okay. He melted into the Devil's Reign. There's no way he could have or should have survived. From the theology the movie itself sets up, it's just not realistic. I mean, that was some pretty wonky theology. I understand that, but come on. Having him escape through a fucking trap door would have been better than that. Look, after, after this break, we'll mop up after the devil's reign. We'll play three questions, and we'll answer some questions from our acolytes in our Ask the Goat segment, so stick around. Movies need only three things. Badasses. You tell me what you want done, and I'll do the hell out of it. A chick with drive who don't take no jive. Boobs. Do you know that the female breast, known to be the source of life since Eve, can be deadly weapons? And body counts. Body count. The mathematics of murder. The BBNBC podcast discusses lesser-known action, exploitation, and horror cult cinema. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio, and SoundCloud by searching for BBNBC podcast. You can also listen to each episode directly on the show's website at badassesboobsandbodycounts.com. Got the goddamn message? Let's go to work. Oh my gods, the floors are sticky. It's just a little Travolta. No big deal. Ew. <laughs> hey, welcome back, back to Kiss the Goat. It's time to wrap up our discussion of The Devil's Reign. It's time for three questions. Three questions! Stop! Who would crush the bridge of death must answer me these questions three. And the other side, you see. First question, is this truly a devil film? That's that's a harder question than you would think. Um, I'm going to say, yeah. I say, yeah. You say, yeah? I mean, because there is that part where Borgnine actually comes back up, you know, with the goat head, and he, and the first thing he says when he's, he's like, who, is, who has brought me back from the pit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he does that twice like in this movie. That. Uh-huh. Who has summoned me from the pit or Who something? Who has summoned me from the pit? <laughs> That's some heavy-duty aspecting right there. That's what I want to say every time I wake up. Hi, honey, I'm going to work now. Who has summoned me from the pit of slumber and despair? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so yes, it's a devil movie. All right, second question. On a scale of one to six... How many devil horns do you give the devil's reign? Um, I'll give it two horns. That which is, I know is... That is not enough. That's not, <laughs> I, say, I know that's a low rating. But this, for a story, this movie makes fuck all no sense. And really, the only reason I'm giving it two stars is there are, there are three things. Other than I didn't hate it. I mean... 
I've watched it like what four or five times now and I would watch it again. But it's because of these three three things. Okay. So number one is Bill fucking Shatner. Here, here. You know, it's fucking Bill Shatner in a cowboy hat. Yeah. So, and then two was the fucking goat makeup when Borgnine <laughs> summons Satan and becomes the embodiment of Satan. It's fantastic. <laughs> really spectacular, well done effects on that, I thought. It's, <laughs> he almost looks cuddly. I love him. Cuddly? Cuddly. He does. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Cuddly in a, a very, you know, this guy's going to fuck me with a pole kind of way, but cuddly. Oh, well, I can, okay. I can see yeah. that. Yeah. And then <laughs> the third thing is the melting, the people melting. I love it. It's very Fulci. They take it a little too far, and it just becomes ridiculous at the end, but good effects nonetheless. See, and I agree with all of those points. I'm going to give it four, four horns. Um, there are things that I like about this movie a lot. It's really, we can say it's abstract and that's, that's being generous. Um, <laughs> I should say that's stretching it. <laughs> I think, I mean, the entire synopsis that we pulled together for this show took me like four viewings to even, to even make half of the connections that I did to make it seem coherent. Um, I do love the makeup. The makeup was by Tom Berman, who was really kind of... He was a hot shit makeup artist back in the 80s. So, Devil's Reign was 75. He just became more and more famous. He did the effects work for Happy Birthday to Me, which I know you and I have seen 748 times. Um, Because awesome, that's why. Yeah. Um, So, I love Berman's work in this movie. Um, I really like the last shot of this film. I mean, fuck it. The movie's well directed. Uh, William William uh, Fust, F U E S T, is who did the movie and he hardly worked again after this movie cuz I I cuz I don't know why. He should have gotten more work as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But the last shot of Scarrett's useless wife inside the jug of devil's rain um, just staring into the camera um, with this horrible just very sad look on her face. It's, it's really haunting, and they keep it going after the credits end. So it's just like if you're still watching this at the drive-in, you know, and you have to, and you haven't made your way into the line yet to leave, you're going to be looking at this bitch on the screen, and it's it's kind of terrifying. Um, I also enjoy the fact, and this is just me being me. Um, the movie was distributed by a company called Bryanston. Uh, distribution company, and they're the same company that distributed Deep Throat. Nice. Yeah, so they've got some exploitation pedigree, and they only released about 20 movies while they were in existence. So, yeah, again, just kind of a a reminder of a better time. (laughs) Maybe not better, I don't know. Weirder. (laughs) Weirder, yeah. That's better in my book. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> All right. Well, third and final question. <clears throat> Why should our listeners watch The Devil's Reign, or should they? Do you have a Wizard of Oz fetish? <laughs> because if you do, you will enjoy the literally ten minutes of people melting in the streets. 
the God, only... That does run. That does run for almost like 10 minutes, doesn't it? It's yeah, crazy. it does. The only thing that was missing was all of them going, I'm melting! Oh, <laughs> what a world! Oh, that... Jesus. That would have made it for me. That's fantastic. That does not happen, unfortunately, but that was, that was some good shit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's got proper... I mean, oh, proper... No. Borgnine's the devil. Anton LaVey wrote the fucking rituals. He's in it. Um, it's a, it's probably about as deadly as you could get in 1975. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd watch I'd watch it just for that. Again, don't expect it to make fuck all sense, but right. you know, just just enjoy it for as over the top as it is. Mhm. I agree. Watch it. Do it. All right. Now. It's time to go postal. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to ask the goat. Yes. Cussing your love letter. Straight from my heart, fucker. You know what a love letter is? It's a bullet from a fucking gun, fucker. You receive a love letter from me. You're fucked forever. Let me dip my hand into the malevolent mailbag and commence to rummaging. Rummage, rummage, rummage. And our first letter this week is from Tony Kimball. Tony wants to know, so, what do you think of clowns? Scary or funny? I don't think of clowns. (laughs) (laughs) People get so worked up about clowns. I'm just kind of like, meh. Unless it's Tim Curry with fucking pointy teeth, I don't care one way or the other. See, and that and that didn't even scare me. I know there's like an entire generation of people that were totally scarred by it. I'm not yeah. one of them. I'm not. I'm the motherfucker who was scared by the clown doll in Poltergeist uh, with the long arms that tried to choke the kid while he was asleep. So, right, so. Yeah, yeah. so. yeah, so fuck clowns. Um, <laughs> don't deal with the clowns. Don't like them. Um, they freak me out real bad. So, which is why he's getting a clown doll for his birthday this year. The fuck I am. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Mike Stewart writes in to ask, so if you were going to take hot and butter away from rum, then what would you put it on? God, I'm never going to live this down. Um, (laughs) grits. Ooh, Yeah. Hot buttered grits, dude. The, it's it's a small pleasure, but oh my god, yes, grits. Grits. I second that emotion. Fair enough. There's your answer. Grits. Yes, we're from the south. People up north are going. What's a grit? What is a grit? What the fuck is a grit? Martha, what is a grit? <laughs> Martha. <laughs> These people on the internet are speaking of grits. What is that? <laughs> Meanwhile, pass me the cream of wheat. That stuff's enjoyable. Um, all right, Carrie Hill. <laughs> Carrie Hill has a question. Carrie wants to know what would be your plot line for a Satan centric children's book? Oh, that has so many possibilities. Doesn't it, though? Yeah. Hmm. How to undermine society and, in general, produce chaos? That would work. That would, I would be all for that. That'd be kind of like a line of workbooks. Yeah, yeah. Like, that'd be like satanic phonics. And have <laughs> coloring pages and instructionals. It would be fantastic. I think I would put out a book called Jesus Has Two Daddies. <laughs> and one would be Satan, and one would be God the Father. 
I love it. All right. He'd be burned at the stake for sure. Oh my God! I, I would. They would kick me out of Knoxville if I wrote that. <clears throat> okay, I'm looking forward to this one. Um, our next question is from Alan McPherson, and he always asks such philosophical questions. So let's see what he says this time. Alan asks, "Has anybody seen my pants?" <laughs> I've seen I've seen pictures of pants. They might be yours. You may have some similar. <laughs> Alan, Betty, I'm afraid we can't help you out on that one. Yeah, but but good on you for not knowing where your pants are. Hey, you know it's a good weekend yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a good sign. All right, our next question is from Joe Nance, and I guess I sort of need to explain where this one's coming from. We're not that far into the new year yet. The year is one. And Joe sent in his letter on the final day of 2014. So he says, hey, future man. <laughs> Here's a question from way back in 2014. How has the world changed since our dark days? Is hunger abolished? Hatred eliminated? Are the oceans clean again? Is there peace all across the world? If not, then what the hell have you been doing? The fuck is he on about? That's all right. I think I know. I think I know what he's what he's what he's on about. He just wants to know what we've done to improve the world in the as of this recording four days that 2015 has actually been you know, in in existence or being followed. Are you and, sure you want to talk about those things online? Well, we can because I don't really know how large our audience is. I think the people who listen to us would really kind of get behind where we're going with 2015 right now. Um, no, the oceans are not clean. No, we have not abolished hunger. If anything, we have increased hunger and we have put more shit into the oceans because really all we're trying to do, it, it's, 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 it's sort of like a terraform. Mm -hmm. um, and the best way to explain it is that we are using what is available to us now in this time to destroy the weak and cull the herd and prepare the planet for the coming of the elder gods. The year is one. The year is one. So when Satan finally rises from his pit and looks around and says, you know, where are my peeps? Those of us who are left will be gathered around his fiery throne and we shall rejoice in the blood of the innocent that we have shed and you will revel and you will dance when you see the day of the three suns. For the moon shall be no more and there will be eternal night at night and eternal day during the day. All time shall stop and fold in upon itself like a frappe and a blender. Think of a time frappuccino. That's what it will be like. Horns high. Horns high. The day is coming. <laughs> well, our final question is from Sin, Cindy Fallon, wrapping it up for us. She asks, any chance you can supply me with goat lube? I really need it for my goat fuck of a job. Well, Sin, we can't supply it, but I can certainly tell you what it is and where to get it. It's called Theria Gel. Why, though, Theria? Well, it is literally goat lube. It's used mostly for artificial insemination, but you can also use it for collecting semen from bulls. <laughs> or artificial insemination of mares. Safe lubrication during whelping or queening. 
and collecting semen for breeding pigs, sheep, goats, llamas, and alpacas. Only 99 cents for four servings. Servings? Not servings. That's gross. Um, doses? Shuffle slickers? Animal handies? It's a dirty job. And someone's got to do it. <laughs> well, good. Hey, there you go, Sin. Your very own goat lube available at Stereogel.com. Whack the goat. Woohoo! Hey, have you ever sent a letter in to kiss the goat before? Why the fuck not? <laughs> I love our regular contributors, but there's always room for one more, honey. You can drop us a line at our Facebook group page, which is facebook.com slash group slash kiss the goat. That's where Cootie and I hang out online. Don't tell anybody. Um, you can also send a letter to our evil email address, which is the goat of madness at gmail.com. And thanks to the Horophilia Network for being our lifeline to the world by hosting and promoting this show so that blaspheming little acolytes like you can hear it whenever you want. Check out the other shows on the network while you're at it. And how about you leave us a sparkly five-star review on iTunes to start the new year off right. Think of it as gold stars for our particular brand of refrigerator art. And don't forget to check out our website, kissthegoat.weebly.com where you can listen to old episodes, see some pictures, and check out the Kiss the Goat store where you can buy show-related items as quick as a pancake. And why not wear your love for the show? I mean, if you're going to have to deal with people staring at your tits, you may as well tell them to kiss the goat, too. That's it. First show of the new year. Pop that temporal cherry, but good. The year is won! We know, honey. It's okay. Until next time, I'm Cootie. My name is X. Hell Satan. Satan. Oh, Satan. He has his father's eyes.